Thank you for tuning in to a Jones production, where we focus on positivity through practical and biblical perception. Dealing with real-life scenarios and challenging situations, we find a way to turn the hurt and pain into positivity and empowerment. Your present may be a result of your past, but it does not have to dictate your future. To be able to challenge anything of the spirit because he has power over all things. So you're not dealing with nothing, you know, spiritually without his authority. So I'm going to tell you that right now. So you need to get born again to get you some Azusa power from Jesus to be able to cast out the demons. If you're dealing with spiritual demonic forces that got you bonded, bound. Hi, and welcome to a Jones production. My name is Shalisa. My name is Mark. And today we're discussing assets and liabilities. Is your church an asset or a liability? There's a blog post on a jonesproduction.com you can check out that has more information and uh, content on what we'll be discussing today. Yes. And as I said in the uh, blog, you know, this is obviously a very uh, touchy topic and uh, a very you know touchy dis- discussion to have but it must be had you know because you got all these churches out here that are liabilities you know they're nowhere near you know the qualifications of being an asset i think it depends on where you are in your walk because if you're maybe a uh, a babe in christ they call it mm-hmm. then I think a church, still dependent upon which one you go to, but can be more of an asset versus a liability to you at a time. Now, I feel like once you grow and maybe know more things, then it could become a liability. But I feel like also you, you have tools to spot out what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. And I, and I, I guess it's more so when you look at it from the standpoint of having something over nothing, you know. That's true, too, yeah. Is born again and, you know, they have a building to go to with people that claim they believe the same thing and practicing, you know, things that see appears to be, you know, I guess holy and to just pretty much put them on a path of, I would uh, assume... A righteousness but you know the thing is is it's so shallow you know based on like the real churches that I know and there's really no true true fruit production well I feel like if you grow you grew to that right right you didn't automatically become a baby in Christ and was there you know so it took years to formulate years for you to actually want to go find to look for something different yeah you know it wasn't like okay you got you got born again and then let's go yeah i guess the thing so i guess let's take a step back and let's just really analyze or or discuss my opinion of the church and why i have this I guess, uh, strict or not even, I don't call it a strict. It's just a realistic viewpoint of how I believe a church should look. So when I think of a church, a church that would be an asset is an organization that will help one grow spiritually, 
mentally, physically, financially, you know, every which way. I mean, you got to think about it. This is God's kingdom here on earth. Right. So when I think of a church, you know, the real church, the ecclesia, called out ones, obviously an organization put forth by God to manifest his presence here. So if someone has an issue and they go to the church, you know, they should have resources to be able to help you in every area or any area. Obviously, Mm -hmm. they don't want to be, you know, an organization just enabling people or giving away the house, per se. Right. But, you know, the church should be a legit, you know, foundation uh, set forth by God that can help people grow spiritually. Obviously, you got programs from, you know, deliverance. People need deliverance. Obviously, that's a whole other topic. We're going to talk about that. But churches don't practice deliverance. People got spiritual wounds. People got are in bondage mentally, spiritually. You know, they got so many wounds, childhood demons. They got stuff that they need to be delivered from. They have so much stuff that they got going on in their lives that the church is simply not addressing. You have um, illiteracy. You know, churches, I truly believe that if a church is called of God, they will have programs to help you know, combat illiteracy, biblical illiteracy, you know, even just, you know, common sense, like they have programs, they would have, you know, resources to help people learn, you know, how to live and be productive parts of society. I feel like you have, that's what the people in the church are for, if that makes sense, because not everyone is gifted in these areas not one person is gifted in all of these areas well you get, understand yeah what's the what the thing is is that that's what i mean so when i mean a church obviously you know what let's look up you know the church because when you say the the uh, body believers because in reality that is it you know yeah the church isn't going to be just this one person this one guy you know with all this money that's fun to go and invest in all these no i understand lives. that but i'm saying that people can help with these areas so when you have um so it says ecclesia is a greek word defined as a called out assembly or congregation ecclesia is commonly translated as church in the new testament and it says, for example, Acts eleven twenty six says that Barnabas and Saul met with the church ecclesia in Antioch. And it says the church needs to see itself being called out by God. So obviously the church is a group. It's a group of people. I mean, you got, you know, if the book of Ephesians, you know, it talks about the order of a church and how. You have the pastors, the leaders, the elders, the teachers, the prophets, and stuff like that. So, I mean, you have the body, but people try to, um, how can I say this? They People try to overcomplicate it. I mean, yes, you don't want to go outside the Bible. However, you want to look at the fact that the Bible is still being written today based on people being walking, living epistles. Right. So when you have the church that... um Essentially, it's it's a group of believers that's unified under the Holy Spirit, under, you know, God's authority. Mm -hmm. 
So when you have essentially all these pieces coming together, you know, like a perfect puzzle piece, then you're going to have pretty much all the talents, the gifts, the fruit, everything in complete harmony to the point to where there is no lack of finances, there is no lack of healing, there is no lack of deliverance, there is no there there is no lack mm-hmm. because this is God's kingdom here on earth. Right. So, and that that's to my point. So when you talk about a church being an asset, that's how I see a church being an asset. I mean, so yeah, it goes back to what you were saying. Like maybe it's the people in a church that would do that. Yes, that's the that's what the church is for. So when you come to the church. You come to the church to be a part of it, obviously, to become like this, this um, healed person. Once you come, you come in wounded, you get healed. And then you um, you really just turn around and you give back out. You, you become a part of it and you give out. And you know what I have to say? So the crazy thing is, with me even saying this, is the fact that this crazy church, the Omega Network, or the Omega Ministries, they preach that wholeheartedly you know they talk about you know dunamis tabernacle they talk about you know having you know god's church they preach that i mean that's what had me hooked you know is because i'm like yes i want to see god's church in operation i want to see his church the way it should be obviously as we know now that's a they they're preaching false doctrine they have a different spirit you know i got a whole book the omega network that talks about exactly what you know they all about but my thing is is when you think about the church as it should be, you know, it should be a 100% asset to the community, not a liability. Right. And that goes back to my point that I made in another podcast. Like, there's no reason why they should be asking for money publicly. Mm-hmm. If a church is asking for money, then why are they even in existence? Don't you think that with that being said that it involves relationship with one another, yeah. you know, getting to know somebody or not even necessarily getting to know, but conversating to even know where their mind is at or what have you. What do you mean? Like conversating with the people? Yeah. Yes. People of the church. Well, see, Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit. Right. But if, I'm saying if you don't talk to nobody, you don't know what fruit they got, right? Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's true to a certain extent. But it's like at the end of the day, if you see a church operating, like, I mean, for instance, I feel like examples. You want to see examples. You want to see something tangible. You know, like the they, the saying, proof is in the pudding. You know, like Paul said, I didn't come with enticing words of men's wisdom, but I came with a demonstration of the spirit and power. So, you know. I feel like talking to somebody, you can learn something, but it can also be misleading because you got so much going on. My thing is, is like, show me to prove I mean, hard. I'm saying if somebody came in needing help. Yeah. Or if somebody came in needing something, that takes conversation, right? And how many people are willing to admit that they need these things? Yeah. Well, the thing is, people are not willing to go to church to get these things because they don't think that they can even deliver. In fact, they just see the church as this, uh, is this, uh, they think of church like Pharisees, like bondage, like, uh, I got to give and I got to live up and down to these standards. Mm -hmm. And then when I go, 
I feel unclean, where I can't even be myself, you know. And I feel like, you know, um, I'm going to shout out a church, a hardcore Christianity. You know, I feel like they do a good job at um, creating an atmosphere where people can, you know, go in their church as they are and come, you know, with their problems. And I haven't physically been in, you know, to their church. But, I mean, I sat there and I watched the live stream and I listened to, you know, Mike and Rick Cat, you know, practice deliverance and how people come to them, you know, and they actually talk to them like they read, like he and they talk to them like they just asking them questions like i'm dealing with this i mean people from all walks of life you know they telling them stories they cussing and everything telling them their situation and then micah at the end of it all he just end up praying for him and casting a demon out of him so it's like you know you talking about real time examples of how it will look like for jesus christ to be here operating out of a church you know and they even say like look we're not finna ask y'all for no money we're not finna you know, do anything. And like I said, I haven't been to the church, so I'm not, you know, necessarily 100% like saying, no, hardcore Christianity is it. But that's the only church that I have ever like witnessed and seen, you know, a glimpse of what I would believe it will look like for Christ to be operating here down on this earth as the church should look. So, but when you think about all the other churches, you know, you got to go in and give your money and then they beat you over the head. You'll listen to them for about two hours. And then after that, you know, the pastor might stand at the door and shake your hand on the way out. But I mean, they may do an altar call and they probably pray for you and stuff like that. But then there is times where, you know, people are dealing with some things like even the church that we went to a while ago. And now, we, when we found out that, okay, well, we're not growing spiritually because there are things that we need to learn how to do. Obviously, I eat deliverance and spiritual warfare, learn how to grow deeper in our walk with God. And we're not being edified in that area. You know, I just truly believe that a true called out church of God would not lack in those areas. So that's just my take on it. So that goes back to the blog post that. I, I wrote so please if you haven't done so already please read the blog post in fact i even encourage you if you're um listening to this if you haven't read it i would even pause this message and pause this podcast or youtube video and i would go into www or just a jonesproduction.com probably even gotta say www no more but a jonesproduction.com and check out the blog post, read the blog post, and then come back and listen to this. Because then if you understand, if you read the blog post, you're going to understand the perception. And um, you will understand everything that we're talking about. But that's that's that. We always talk about producing, production, you know, and giving advice and making sure that, you know, we we're not just calling out these issues because these issues need to be called out. They need to be dealt with. They need to be examined and people need to really just look at it. But, you know, I encourage everyone to really ask yourself, you know, why am I here? And would I be okay if I die right now? So that's sort of like a, a real gut check, if you will, spiritually to ask yourself, you know, what are you ingesting that's going to be a spiritual asset? Or, you know, whatever are you ingesting is a spiritual liability. Because, I mean, we talk about music. And you talk about, like, movies, TV shows. You talk about things that you ingest that can corrupt your spirit, man. 
but then you'll see how the um, other side of that you'll see the manifestations of that ingestion in your life to where you know with your decisions with your emotions with you know wondering why people are dealing with the same issues that they deal with you know people are steadily you know steadily going through bouts of anxiety depression fear whatever it is so i mean when you think about all of those situations you got to take a step back and look at okay well what am i eating you know they say they're saying garbage in garbage out you know that rings true you know in so many different areas but when you look at the spiritual aspect of it you got to look at the simple fact that you know what are you ingesting spiritually and i mean you got to look at the fact that yes music is spiritual music is spiritual 100 percent, music is spiritual some people say that music is entertainment but i encourage you um please check out this book here actually there is a teaching in here and i'm gonna actually tell you what a teaching is and i'm gonna tell you right now it's uh on page 92 so it's right there on page 92 it's uh g craig lewis if you look at it you can probably even google this you can find this on the google or no youtube but it talks about medical perspective about music part one and a part two and it's with dr eric walsh and g craig lewis so they talk about you know how music really really impacts the mind but also you know g craig lewis he dives into the spiritual side of it as well so the thing is this music is definitely going to be a, a heavy tool you know whether it's an asset or liability so i mean i definitely encourage everyone to think about what they listen to you know genres i mean i can go down the list i can get into the you know nuts and bolts of it you know you talk about rap you talk about r&b you talk about you know at the end of the day it's all about what is being pumped into your soul what are they what are they saying what are they talking about you know I mean, you can get into the whole beats and all that stuff. So I'm not going to go into that. But my thing is, is what are you ingesting? What is it? How is it causing you to think? What thought process? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So whatever you're pumping into your brain, that's going to cause you to think a certain way in alignment to whatever the artist is rapping or singing. And before you know it, you're taking on that same exact character. So you got you to gotta really examine all of that. And I encourage you to take a step forward. And to expunge it, destroy it, get rid of it. I mean, when I, I remember when I first heard, you know, G. Craig Lewis, who I forget it was years ago. I mean, I don't know if it was back in 2009, 2010, but I think it was at a church somewhere in Detroit. And I think somebody had uh, brought some, he had people, a bunch of kids had brought their CDs, you know. It's like, yeah, bring your Jay-Z CD, your Biggie CD, and people bringing their CDs, and they just tearing them up, tearing up the CDs, tearing them up. Like, because, I mean, at the end of the day, they saw it. So it's like, if you can see, like, it makes sense, then take that step of faith and get rid of it. I mean, obviously, nobody got CDs no more. I mean, you probably still do. I got CDs. But, you know, delete that junk off your phone. You know, delete the playlist. Delete whatever it is out of wherever it is. You know, if your phone, your car, you know, Get rid of it because at the end of the day, you, you got it. And then my thing is, too, is if you can't do it, if it's hard, then that's even more of a reason to ask yourself why. Like, is you are you that bound by something 
to the point to where you cannot go without it. And it's a clear, clear indication that common sense says that this is damaging you spiritually. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, you know, explain, you know, Pavlov's theory and all these different ways that, you know, learned behavior is gone by, you know, monkey see, monkey do. So, I mean, whatever you listen to, eventually you're going to end up becoming. So with that being such a heavy, heavy revelation and such a, not just a theory, but it has become a proven fact now that at least try to go without it and get rid of it and at least go time fast from it, whatever. And if you can't even do that, then you need to turn around and ask yourself, how bad are you bound? How, how bad do this music got what are you what is this music doing for you how is it soothing your soul how is it helping you cope how is it you know so ingrained in who you are that you can't go without it you need to beg yourself to ask that question so that is you know that's just one that was just one recommendation but the next one is write down you know what you believe and how does it improve your way of life and the way that you think way way that and how does it improve your way of life the way that you think and the others around you? So I, I do believe that, you know, pen and paper or pencil, no pen and paper, because pencil you can erase, but pen and paper, it can hold us accountable because, I mean, you can obviously, you can play the little thought game. You can, you know, uh, just, you can what do you, override all day long. <laughs> you can override your thoughts. So you know something is wrong, you just override it, override it, override it. But if you actually write it down and you put it somewhere where you got to look at it, then you can't override that because that's written, <laughs> you know, it's written down. So that's actually you holding yourself accountable. So write down, you know, what you believe and how does it improve your way of life? And it actually gets it out on paper. Like you, cause you, you putting, you putting on paper what you believe you putting on paper, but then you're also putting on paper. How does it impact your life? How does it improve your life? How is it making you a better person? It's forcing you to actually make it tangible and not just lollygag and, and try to beat around the bush mentally and try to just be in this little fairy tale land. Like you just, you, you believe something and that is something good is going to come from it. No, once it's on paper, it's on paper and it has to make sense. Because if it don't make sense on paper, then you're going to be like, okay, nah, yeah, I'm stupid. And you got to admit this, uh, that, that what you believe is stupid. <laughs> so it's forcing you to actually, you know, put your cards on the table with yourself and keep it real with yourself to the point to where you can't hide from your own thoughts because it's on paper. So I encourage you to write down on paper what you believe and how does it improve the way of your life? How does it improve the way you think? And how does it help others around you? Because if you can't do that, then you need to truly, truly question your motives. You need to question what you believe. You need to even question your sanity. Because if you can't even be 100 with yourself, you got to question the fact, the very fabric of your foundation of how you think. So, I mean, I know that might seem a little harsh, a little rough, a little hard. But at the end of the day, it's the truth. Write down what you believe. And the third, you know, recommendation is... To be bold enough to, you know, get rid of, leave. And I know I mentioned this in the first part was to get rid of like music and stuff like that. That's a spiritual liability. But let's say you know, this is spiritual liability of like someone like a pastor or a church or, uh, you know, a 
family member or a friend or whatever. Or um, even you got, you know, people that's delivering, you know, uh, they're dealing with uh, needing deliverance with uh, from bondages. You know, people actually, you know, know things that they struggle with. Like, I know for a fact, I mean, it's so funny because we just found out about this, like maybe a couple of days ago, rage. You know, once you identify a problem, then you know how to deal with it, you know, in the spirit. You know how to actually deal with it. So, you know, I be bold enough to challenge whatever it is that that you're dealing with spiritually, you know, and, and leave it and get rid of it. So and identify, once you identify it, challenge it. And that's going to look different in every situation. That's going to look different in, to everybody, you know, challenging, you know, whatever it is that could be a spiritual liability. I mean, at the end of the day, I know for a fact you're going to have to be born again. You're going to have to have the authority of Christ to be able to challenge anything of the spirit because he has power over all things. So you're not dealing with nothing, you know, spiritually without his authority. So I'm going to tell you that right now. So you need to get born again to get you some Azusa power from Jesus to be able to cast out the demons. If you're dealing with spiritual demonic forces that got you bonded bound, or, you know, if you, if it's somebody that you dealing with, that's, you know, a spiritual teacher or minister or whatever, and you need to just break the soul ties you need to just you need to pray and ask, break these soul ties out loud. Don't just sit there and, and in your mind pray. No, God, break these soul ties in Jesus' name. Break these soul ties from this pastor. Break these soul ties from this teacher, from this evangelist, from this prophet. I went to this church and they laid hands on me. And I found out that this church was a false church. Break the soul ties and reverse the effects of whatever that they could have prayed over me or prophesied over me or said to me. Reverse it right now in the name of Jesus. And I repent for allowing all of this stuff to be done to me. So you repent and then it, you, and you also break the soul ties verbally and you ask God to deliver you. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it is, I encourage you to take that bold step to, to go that far and, and do that. Because at that will, it's night and day. You know, you got to, you got to, when you're dealing with spiritual, you know, liabilities and, you know, you, you have to know how to do warfare. I mean, you can't, you, you, you can't just do this happenstance. I mean, you get people that try to, you know, do this stuff, you know, willy nilly. I'm agnostic. I, you know, I can conquer my demons and stuff like that. I mean, those people will end up going crazy in the nut house somewhere because they got another strong man that they came in and took up residence. And now the strong man that's took up residence is now, you know, taking them over. I mean, go check out this book by Rebecca Brown. You know, uh, <laughs> she got a couple books, but uh, get ready, prepare, be prepared for battle. You know, um, it, it's that that's a real book right there where it talks about how she dealt with, you know, true demonic, crazy demonic forces that was inhabiting her. And um, or yeah, I think it's get ready for battle. Uh, by Rebecca Brown. But anyway, just look up Dr. Rebecca Brown. She has some books out there about that stuff. So, I mean, and they're on YouTube and you can listen to them. So I get it. You know, some of y'all like me, y'all probably really don't have time to really sit down and actually read a book because you're probably on a go somewhere. So you can listen to it on YouTube or you can even listen to it. I think it might be on Audible, but you can listen to it. So you ain't got no excuse. So make sure you go and check those books out and listen to them. But without further ado, um, I just wanted to give you that those those tidbits because 
I mean, that's what it's about. It's all about providing you with spiritual guidance, spiritual resources. This is stuff that I have to deal with firsthand personally, and I have to fight, and I have to fight for my life, you know, and, and pray. You know, you got to develop a real prayer life. Get up, pray. pray. I mean, pray for real. Pray. You know, I mean, go hours praying, praying in tongues, praying the Holy Ghost. You know, people, you need to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. You need to really learn how to pray and really, like, fight in the Spirit. I mean, we talk about spiritual liabilities, you're fighting for your soul. So you have to really learn how to deal in this arena and not just try to brush it off because you're too carnal. So, I mean, I know I said a lot, you know, and, and, and this is enough. You know, I mean, a lot of this actually just came from the dome. I mean, it came from the Holy Ghost. So I truly believe that this is going to be edifying you, edifying whoever's watching this, because I can tell you right now, um, some of y'all that's listening to this, y'all probably need deliverance. And you need to go pray. I'm going to recommend a book. It's called, uh, I don't have it with me right now. But Dr. Alukia, uh, 101 Spiritual Weapons. So uh, check that book out as well. You know, uh, it has prayers in that book. Also, Dr. Prayer uh, Manduke and also um, Francis Miles, uh, Tearing Down Altars. So those are some good books that I recommend for those that are getting ready to embark on a spiritual warfare battle. Because you got to deal with your spiritual liabilities. But other than that, uh, thank you for tuning in to a Jones production over and out. Join us next week for a new episode. For more content, visit us at www.ajonesproduction.com Follow us on Instagram at a Jones Production LLC and like us on Facebook at a Jones Production.